Table Reads, now part of the Rogue Intel Podcast Network. Hey everybody, this is Trevor and I'm here with Sean. Hi. And we're from Table Reads. Do you know what Table Reads is? You no. Probably, exactly. Even, I, I don't know what it is. Even Sean doesn't know what it is and he created it. Well, Sean, if you had to guess, which clearly you do, what do you think Table Reads is? I would think it's a show about a fat guy and a skinny guy reading some bad scripts that never got to be made into movies experience the worst hollywood has to offer with readings of the scripts you never wanted you know the thing i love about you sean ever since we were kids is you're always good at guessing you nailed it yay <laughs> yay table reads every tuesday right here on the rogue intel podcast network or visit tablereadspodcast.com Saw we kicked its ass. That's because we are the powerful nerdcast. Hello, my friends. I am Corey, the master of disaster, and joining me as usual is my good friend Christian. Hey, internets, how's it effing going? That is right. We have a completely off the cuff episode today. We have no plans. We don't know what we're talking about. We're just going to try and enjoy each other's company. So, Christian, for the next hour or so, just try to fake that we're friends. Okay. 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 Well, first and foremost, uh, like I said, we don't Who really are like, you? have any. Where am I? What's going on? Do you want to talk about Trump, Corey? I don't really want to talk about. <laughs> no, the last thing I want to talk about is politics. This is the powerful nerdcast. We talk got to talk about nerdy shit. Which you know, I, there is one thing I would I mean, like Trump to talk about. Trump seems like an evil doer, like an evil master, evil genius. That's like an idiot, though. It's like a Saturday morning cartoon villain. He he's like something like out of old school nineteen eighties GI Joe or like Transformers, which. By the way, I just I love learning new shit about stuff that we grew up with and realizing how fucked up it is. Talk um, to me. I, I don't used know to what watch, you're talking about. I used to watch Transformers back in the day as a kid. You know, when was you're it a kid, more than meets the eye? It was certainly more than meets the eye. Um, it, it's clear the marketing worked on you. Um, but I like, should have memories of my family, but instead, it's Transformers. <laughs> my childhood was robbed from me mm, with Cookie Crisp. Anywho, <laughs> that's a story for another day. Maybe we'll talk about it after this, but. I love how just politically incorrect things used to be back in the day. Because I used to watch the fuck out of the Transformers cartoon. And uh, I was just watching this amazing video, which was like the top ten super inappropriate things in old kid cartoons. And it's the type of stuff you don't even think about when you're a kid. Uh, But there was this like old terrorist organization in the old Transformers cartoon, which was called the Nation of Carbomia. Oh, God. I shit you not. It was... was, Praise Allah! Exactly. And um, it was just... It was amazing that that was just something we didn't notice as kids. You know, during the 80s, uh, like one of the biggest scapegoats, Carbomia? like in terms of like yeah, that you makes can literally no look up Carbomia Transformers sense. and you'll find it. And I mean, just what a blatant that sounds like something like South Park would come up with. But this was a show that was you know clearly marketed to kids, and uh, of course the whole thing is sort of like a play on uh, the Libyans and everything in the 80s. And, you know, I, I didn't really notice it until now, but, yeah, in, like, the 1980s, 
the Libyans were kind of like the scapegoat for like any sort of like terrorist operation or organization. Like if you watch Back to the Future, it's the Libyans that come in and try to kill Doc Brown because he's the one they got the plutonium from. And uh, then you got Carbomia in fucking Transformers, which oh is God. so blatant and so fucked up. And the video that I watched it on, it was uh, like I said, it was called like Top Ten Super Inappropriate Things That Were in Kids Shows. I think it was done by uh, Dorkley. Which, uh, you know, I love their content. I honestly think it gets better with just about every single year. I know some people think it's a little irritating at times, but uh, I, I love the video that they did. And uh, they just, they went over all of these things that you're like, man, they got away with so much bullshit back in the day. And there's one joke in particular, which I think is really funny, and it got me thinking like, wow, we have sort of desensitized ourselves to that, which is dropping the soap jokes. Which, you know... They, they, and they make it clear in the video, like, everyone in their mom has made the whole dropping the soap joke. It's just, and you know, what's funny about it is that we make light of it, but the whole thing is just, like, a rape joke. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a rape joke, it, yeah. It, there's no kind of about it. It's straight as, what happens when you're in prison and you drop the soap? You, you know, you make new friends. You certainly make a new friend, and you end up walking you know, like the, a cowboy for a couple of days. The shit-stained balls and the butthole pleasures. Exactly. Fucking you, you turn into Andy Dufresne is what you do. Shit does not work out for you. The sisters, they become your big sisters. Wow. And, and it's funny because they showed like all these examples of these old cartoons. Uh, even recent ones like Spongebob. Where there's, there is a dropping the soap Spongebob joke. That's cool. In I'm a pretty that. recent episode. And it's just, it's weird that, you know, coming from Spongebob. Spongebob and you're like, is like the biggest meme out there. Like if you ever go to like Imgur... I know within, like, I haven't tested this. I'm just guessing right mm -hmm. now. Let me see if I can even find one on the front page. But, like, SpongeBob is always a joke. You it's because like, he's so versatile. He's got all those ridiculous expressions and everything. Oh, I love the internet, though. The internet is so great. Well, actually, to be honest, I'm not. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that didn't take long. We already found that. one. Net Netflix and chill. Ten minutes into Netflix and chill. And then SpongeBob saying, any particular reason you took your pants off? <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> That is just hilarious. There's so many good ones. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, uh, well, actually, I can't find a whole bunch of good examples up top of my head because it just takes a while. But like, damn, dude, these are just like hilarious. Uh, what's the new one? The new meme is like this SpongeBob looking all like, uh, like fucked up, and it's like you know whenever you belittle someone when they're like, hey man, you really shouldn't like eat that, and they're like, hey man, you eat that, you know, <laughs> and yeah. you like say it back to someone. There's this yeah. SpongeBob meme that's huge right now that's going around of that. That's <laughs> fucked up. That it is. <laughs> I wish you guys could actually see what we're looking at. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This is uh, it, it's too hard to visually explain. Mm -hmm. We won't go too deep into it. But I mean, it wouldn't be the first time we talk about Imgur. Uh, yeah, but I mean, when you're getting ground out, I think it's I think we've seen that one before. <laughs> oh yeah, how about Goku's this one? body just. Oh my god, what the fuck? It's just a hairless rat. Oh my god, that is creepy looking. So yeah, the internet loves SpongeBob is yeah. where I was going with that. But yeah. uh, SpongeBob always has had like Somewhat adult jokes, adult overtones built yeah. into it though. You know, like with the one of your favorite episodes is the swearing one with all the dolphin oh, I noises. I love that one. I love yeah. it. All the all the swears are uh, they're covered up by dolphin noises. Yeah, and the other thing is like. SpongeBob just has those intense close-ups, kind of like Ren and Stimpy at times. Yeah, the, like, the super like up close, super detailed artwork that's like a still image. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I freaking love like those whenever ones. he was like trying to be cool and hang out with Sandy and her her waterless tank. You know? Oh, that I don't need it. I don't need it. 
I don't need it. <laughs> all that's the an super detail in his face. Yeah, and that's you can an see all the individual episode. pores and everything. Yeah, it's like kind of <laughs> the bloodshot up. eyes. Yeah. I love that shit. It's kind of frightening, but it, honestly, it's one of the funniest elements of it. And you know, I even as an adult, I don't, I don't say that I watch SpongeBob, but like there are always a couple clips that I see online randomly when I'm just bored that just remind me of how damn funny that show is. Stuff that I completely forgot about too. I mean, it makes me feel kind of old too, but. It's amazing that that show's been on the air for fucking 17 years. 18, technically, if you want to count that it came out in the very end of 1999. I mean, it's it's amazing. I would have never imagined that show would go on that long, but it's still, like, the most popular show on that channel. I have got to talk about this YouTube channel. Okay. I have become obsessed with this YouTube channel. Cursagot? Cursagot. I guess that's how you pronounce it? Yes. Yeah. Curse of God in a nutshell. Well, what's the, what's the deal with this channel? It is just an amazing channel that breaks down some very complex topics. Like here's some of their um, their video topics are like fusion energy, mm-hmm. um, malaria, designer babies, limits of humanity, human origins, death from space, um, red dwarf stars, white dwarf stars. Quantum computers. So the whole point of this is I love science. Like, mm-hmm. I am in no way a scientist, but I am fascinated by science. And what the other thing that is really interesting about this channel is that they are really good at explaining things with a visual aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's important because if you're making a video, it needs to well, be Well, I can visual. tell just by looking at the thumbnail. Do they use, like, an animation? They use an animation, and they only come out with one video a month because, okay. you know, it takes forever to make. Yeah. They're not, ju- they're not just trying to rush them out the door like a Let's Play video. Yeah. No, no, no. These are very highly developed. Like, you see how visually interesting this looks? Like, mm-hmm. it looks good. It looks really good. And uh, you can also see like, they have this British guy doing the voiceover. So, therefore, it's, it's... Therefore, it's really scientific. It's really scientific. You, the only person you could have got better is Neil deGrasse Tyson to voice these I guess that's things. one of those, like, positive stereotypes. Like, you know, if you have, like, a really eloquent-sounding British accent, you just always sound like you're really smart. Yes. It's a trick. Mm-hmm. It's t- essentially a trick. <laughs> but some of my favorite ones are A New History for Humanity. Um, let me find some of the other ones. Um, the European Union, because I had no idea what the European Union was, and I remember hearing about it when Britain left the European Union. Yeah, the whole you Brexit. Know. Brexit, exactly. Um, designer babies, because it talks about the CRISPR method of oh, genetic yeah. manipulation, and that shit will freak you out, because that is coming. We are going to get genetically engineered people very soon in our life, mm. maybe within 50 years. And uh, they talk all about how that's, that's going to cause happen. all sorts of problems, though. Yeah, because it'll be the uh, non-genetically engineered over uh, against the, you know, the exactly. Genetically and who's going to say? And you know, there's going to be certain groups that are going to be marginalized. There's going to be others that don't have the access to that sort of like genetic manipulation. They're, yeah, they're, like poor people aren't going to be able to have better babies, while yeah. the rich people are going to have the best babies. This that's this fucked is up, you were but describing you were describing the anime series Gundam Seed. You're describing every anime series. <laughs> Basically. Uh, it's, it, it, but it is. It's very similar to the story of Gundam Seed, which is all about like these genetically engineered humans, which are called coordinators. And they go up against like normal humans. And, of course, that causes a lot of friction between the two groups. And, they, and you can see that actually happening in real life. That's going is, to happen. It's, it's not it's if scary. it's going to happen. It's when it's going to happen. And yeah. in, in the beginning, they're going to say, oh, we'll make sure that no one has cancer or um, what would be some other genetic engineering diseases they could get rid of, like um, leukemia. Yeah. No more leukemia. No one's born with it anymore. You know, So like that is a really cool thing. Yeah. But then it's going to be like, 
do you want to make sure you have really muscular or thin babies? Or do you want to make sure you have tall children? Do you want to make sure they're smart? Do you want to make sure that there's no dyslexia built into them? You're going to get perfect people like very soon. It's going to be a bunch of fucking Abercrombie models. Yeah. Walking around as the average and everyone else who didn't get genetic engineering is going to feel very, very marginalized. And uh, this video is 16 fucking minutes and it will educate the shit out of you. <laughs> and I highly recommend this channel, you know? So yeah. just uh, check it out. Because you were talking about YouTube channels you liked and it reminded me of this. Yeah, no, so. I like it. I, I almost discover like a new channel every single week. And it's it's amazing the content people are coming up with. But stuff that involves like animation and stuff, especially stuff like this, that's you actually learn something from it. It's not just random videos of cats or someone getting kicked in the nuts. I, uh, it's something I like that those. I can really appreciate. I like those too, though. I don't yeah. want to get too crazy yeah, here. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, occasionally I do watch compilation videos of that type of shit. But, I mean, this type of stuff is... Uh, There's know. also a lot of great science channels out there. One of the other mm. things is, I do not remember this gentleman's channel, but uh, which I need to look up so everyone can check it out. Also, how do you spell this so people can try to look this channel up? Maybe the titles of the videos are a better thing the, to search. The Kurt Sagat? I mean, I wouldn't even know how to spell it if I didn't see it. It's a K-U-R-Z... G-E-S-A-G-T, Kurt Sagat. I'm sure that's a scientific name for something that we don't understand. I don't don't fucking know. But, like, this damn video series that they make are great. I just think if you want to get educated on a topic Mm -hmm. and kind of understand what's happening, um, you know, GMOs, you know, a lot of people have changed their thoughts on Mm -hmm. that. One of my favorite ones was Human Origins. Okay, here's another one I really like. Human Origins. Watch that one. And then the other one was year um, 12,017 instead of uh, 2017, mm-hmm. whatever we're now. Because yeah. they, they always say, like, our, for some reason, our calendar is based off the Christian calendar. And when Jesus showed up, we restarted the whole thing. But, like, you're dismissing the Greeks. You're dismissing all these other things that we did way before, mm-hmm. you know, we actually keep track of it. And it fucks you up because now you have to, you know, come up with the before Christ years and the after Christ years, you know, mm-hmm. before and after death, ACBC. And they explain how that's really a confusing way to tell time, especially for human beings, because they don't we don't count things in negatives. You know, like mm-hmm. I got negative three things, but at this point I'll have zero. And even though I have things and then at this point I have three things, even though I actually have six, you know, like we don't count like that. So why are we counting our years like that? That is uh, true. Yeah. Our, so our, our whole like calendar is pretty fucked up and based off a of christian religion which is weird it is weird isn't it yeah isn't it really weird that like it all goes back to like jesus BC? being born yeah like it, it's it's bc before christ like i mean and no one like you know has any contention with that which is a little strange you'd think it would cause a lot of conflict but especially in, in today but i mean yeah yeah, they also have how the whole human race get killed from a gamma radiation hitting the Earth, and they got a whole bunch well, of cool lovely. shit. They got Ebola explained to show you exactly what Ebola does to your immune system when it enters, and then uh, like a whole bunch of cool stuff. The space <laughs> elevator, all dressed up with pretty animation. Yeah, all dressed up with pretty, pretty cute. You know, like you know the the little Ebola virus thing is cute and it has big eyes and shit. And, you know, it's all very because <laughs> that's exactly what everyone thinks of. <laughs> exactly anyway the point is check this shit out get educated it's one of my new favorite channels i watch one or two a night i try not to binge watch because they only come out once a month mm-hmm. so. some of them might be a little longer than others yeah they're like 20 minutes long each or like uh 10 minutes you know and that's and like it, a tv it show is easy to binge watch stuff man i just don't want to get rid of stuff oh this channel this primal is primitive Techno- technology oh i was gonna say primal but it's primitive primitive technology this guy 
how many? I already know the concept of the the, the channel. And I don't even have to see any videos. Look this how is... many subscribers he has. Wow. It's you know how impressive. much he's ever talked in any of his videos? Probably none at all. Ever. Barely. Never, ever. He never talks. Ever. So the whole, I can already tell that the whole point of this channel is that this guy basically crafts and makes things that were used in primitive times and shows how they worked. Yes. Without yes. actually having to communicate what that is and just do it all through the All visuals. Wow. All visuals. Like here he's making a uh, thermite or thermite clay uh, A kiln. termite clay kiln oh, and termite. pottery. I can't read people. I just can't read. <laughs> and yeah, but he just makes these things and he just makes pottery and he this house behind him he's built. You know, he he uh started off with like a straw roof and then made he like made a uh, a forge and would like make tiles and then put them on and like it's just amazing what this guy does. Yeah. And it's like the dude's camping all the time. What the fuck does this dude do for a living? I and, guess he does this. Yeah, well, if you got 4 million subscribers and you're getting 7 you know, you get about $2,000 for a million views. Yeah. So that's not bad. Yeah. You get 7 million, you, you're making some good stuff. And how he makes traps, how he grows gardens, grass hut versus other hut. Um, how he put, he installs a heater in his house by mm -hmm. building a channel for the heat to go through because he'll build a fire on one of his, ha one side of the house. And then the heat will get channeled through the floor because he builds that. And then like he even builds axes. All sorts of crazy shit. Yeah. Just just all from, like, different time periods? Is there, like, a particular one that he focuses on? I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you that because he doesn't talk, you know? <laughs> that, that is interesting. Yeah. So, and, oh, and then PewDiePie. I love that channel. Uh, <laughs> he has his own fan base. And he just, does. And to pretend it's, it's not popular is stupid, but it's, it's not, but not it's, for us. It's, it's not for me, no. Yeah, it's not for us. Also, I the, love... The people on Naked and Afraid need to check that fucking shit out. Dude. All those that's, that's shows are too... That stupid show. <laughs> those shows are dumb. I met the director of photography of one season of that show. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, he was probably making bank, so he didn't care. He was filming naked people the of whole time. Of course not. That's <laughs> one step away from porn. You think people have hooked up on that show? Uh, And just have, like weird, wild monkey sex like outside? Like with like dirty... Dirty dicks and dirty pussies, like, with dirt all over it and shit. Like, yeah, just you know. smearing up all over the place and oh. cameras all over the place. Oh. Yeah. Oh, we got to stay I'm sure warm. They've, I'm sure they've made some babies. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> the whole thing just seems gross. Naked and afraid. I've seen the whole one episode of that show. and I, was I like, watched, like, half of one for the first time, like, a month ago. Like, I was just bored. I was like, what the fuck is this? Naked and afraid. And it's exactly what you think it is from the title. And, and I mean, the concept is interesting and everything, but it also seems like just a... I don't know. I'm, I'm sure the amount of litigation and like papers these people have to sign so they can't sue them has got to be ridiculous. Because you can only imagine some of the injuries that these people are gonna have. Like, there, there's you can't pay me enough to walk around like completely naked with my dong dangling with fucking briar patches all over the place. That's just you're walking into a nightmare right there. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you want to pick thorns out of your scruple? Uh, my soggle soggle flange <laughs> exactly you don't want to fucking do that uh, i don't um, know how i'd feel about that show i will yeah. never be on that for the record yeah and you know <laughs> i i just when it comes to like those nature survival shows like ever since i saw that one video i'm not sure if i think it was bear grills where like it looks like he's like hopping over some rocks and like he's out in the wilderness and then the camera just like pans over you can see like four cars in the background like driving on a highway like ever since that moment i was like okay this is bullshit right here 
And uh, I'm not sure if I even saw that in an episode or if it was just something that someone found online. No, what happened was people were calling him out and they yeah. went back to the area he was at. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, as you can see, he was clearly right next to the road. Yeah. You know, but he's not showing you that. Mm-hmm. So people little, just call him out. A little bit of camera out. manipulation. Yeah, you know, movie magic. Just yeah. not showing him the real thing. <laughs> this is the channel that I talked about in the last episode when we were talking about eating beef tendon. And I don't remember if I mentioned the name. And I wanted uh, to go Strictly back. Strictly Dumpling? Strictly Dumpling. Yeah. And it's just this dude, this Asian dude, who's sort of buff, actually. I guess he works out all the time because all he does is fucking eat. And he has yeah. to. And he just has these great this great channel that's not super produced. I'm, I'm not giving him credit for the way the show looks, mm-hmm. uh, but it's uh, it's a well-made channel and it sh- introduces you to Asian food in a deep, deep level. And I think that that's interesting because there's a lot about Asian food that people don't know about. Because that well, shit... It's you- all fucking General So's chicken and sweet and sour chicken, right? No. Fuck. It's nothing to do with that. Yeah, you, you, go, you go to Korea, you get yourself some fucking Mongolian beef. Yeah, like, here's a cool one that is just all about um, Bangkok, Thailand, night market food tour. Mm-hmm. And he just goes around this, you know, the the night market foods, uh, and you can kind of see. That's one of the big things. Like, we're not used to, like, in certain areas in this country, you're used to food trucks and that sort of, like, there one night, not there the next kind of food scene. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't really have that here in the United States in certain areas. Yeah. Like, it's a very... Unless it's, like, a, a major city or, like, a super gentrified area, that's, like, the only place you're going to get it. Yeah, but, like, gentrified? Cause it, cause, well, because it's hip as shit, you know? Everybody oh, loves yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, the farm-to-table food trucks. You know, but this guy shit. just loves going to random places, and he shoots little videos about how stuff's made, you know? And then he, uh, he just wears a lav, and I guess him and his girlfriend go out, and he just gets a B-roll, and he just talks, and he just... There's no, like, voiceover much. There's not much voiceover in this. Mm-hmm. You know, he just goes for it, talks about things, and then he'll always get super excited after he eats it. Look at this. Mm-hmm. Woo! <laughs> you know? And it's I mean, very he, cornily. He looks pumped up right there after eating whatever the hell that was. I think it was a baby pineapple. A baby pineapple. Oh, here's that thing. You know these? Oh, durians. Yeah. I still want to try a durian. I want to try a durian, too, just so I can say I had one. Exactly. I just I just want to see what the whole deal is. Look at this now deep he's fried some fucking crab legs. Looking crab. Yeah, and he just yeah. goes around and eats nonstop, and he teaches you a lot. And this is the guy who educated me about beef tendon, and I'll be honest, he wasn't right. It wasn't very good, but, he, he, you know, at least I tried it because of this channel. He was wrong as shit. <laughs> Stuff was nasty. <laughs> <laughs> still getting the fucking taste of that shit uh, out of my mouth. Beef tendon is like... It's like uh, it's plastic. It's like plastic with uh, with that you can never chew down. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's almost like it's trying to tell you don't eat me. Nah, I do think certain foods try to do that. Well, I think Asian culture is like the ultimate use everything of the animal. Oh, like no. well, I mean, it's just they use everything. Period. Because they 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 can't afford to throw food away. You know, no, there was can't. a lot of people there, and they had to mm-hmm. feed them somehow. That's why hot pot's such a big thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and some little some clams and some fish. And, you know, you just want to eat all this food. He makes it all look good because mm-hmm. he's overly excited about it. So I highly recommend you guys check out Strictly mm-hmm. Dumplings. That's one of my favorite YouTube channels I've been watching. Didn't see him eat a single dumpling. Well, <laughs> kind of. Dis- he's got a whole dumpling. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he's got all. All you can of- eat barbecue in Las Vegas episode. Like, look at that. Jesus Christ. What are you seeing, Corey? It's a big ass fucking giant like burger. burger. With giant onion straws on yeah. top of it. Oh, that's kind of disgusting, but probably tastes good, too. And he smushes it down. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, I mean, so clearly he, he eats more than just, like, 
uh, you know, Asian food and stuff. Like he goes around, he and just, just tries wants, a lot of regional stuff. Yeah, he wants to understand food culture. Mm-hmm. I think and he's a big fan of food culture, and he also has a lot of stuff where he um he cooks food because he's obviously a fan of food. But this is mm-hmm. just one guy, a camera, a tripod, a lav mic, and uh, a great attitude, and he makes some good videos. That reminds me, um, th- there was another food uh, channel that uh, I need to try and find. I actually just discovered it yesterday. Um, I thought it was really intriguing. The entire concept of the channel is it's this cook, and you never see his face on screen. It's usually just his hand, maybe just like his torso, but he makes food that you see in movies and in TV. Okay, so he goes and he like he's he's a nostalgia cook. Basically, yeah, like he'll he'll like uh, he'll, like he made this the Szechuan sauce from Rick and Morty. Oh God, he made. He, <laughs> Exactly. He made. Um, How do you even spell that? Uh, he made the Big Kahuna Burger from. Uh, like, just type in uh, Big Kahuna Burger and you might be able to find it. But I love this guy's videos. There, there it is. First one right there. Andrew Reed. Um, yep. Uh, Bing, there, Binging with Babish, the Big Kahuna Burger uh, from Pulp Fiction. And what this guy does is he, he takes all these famous pop culture items. Usually he shows a clip from what it's from and then he just makes it right there. And uh, sometimes he improvises, and sometimes he actually makes it better. Um, but it's always something that exists. Usually He's like, within... that's the only picture of it I have, and it's yeah. just a burger. Mm-hmm. And know? I mean, it's hard to tell what the Big Kahuna burger was anyway. But his interpretation is, you know, he makes this really wicked, like pan-fried hamburger, and he also gets uh, first he just makes a regular version, and then he gets like some grilled pineapple and stuff because that's the whole thing with the, the Big Kahuna burger. It's like a Hawaiian burger joint. Yeah. And uh, but I mean, there are more elaborate ones that he's actually. This got. is a pretty basic one, actually. It's just burger, but yeah, like. But if, uh, but if like you look at some of the other, like he makes the Goodfellas prison sauce, which is, you know, the classic scene in Goodfellas when they're in jail and Polly is is cutting the garlic with super a, thin uh, with a razor super blade. Super thin with a razor. He actually does it like that in this. Yeah. Um, and he utilizes all of the ingredients. How's this guy put ads on his video when he shows huge movie clips? I don't fucking know the okay. damn. Oh, 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 oh. Way to get that's a whole other topic, guys. If you ever want us to explain how things get approved on uh, YouTube and some things don't, don't ask us. Yeah. And also, even if you get approved, randomly a year later they could just decide no. Exactly, it's, it's <laughs> fucking annoying, and I hate seeing people get away with it. And then I try it, and then like a week later, it's like, oh, done. Yep. Like, oh, Wait you're a in trouble. I don't even have as many views as them. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> this motherfucker is showing straight. Well, he is talking over it. Oh, no, no, no. He's playing the, the clip right now. Oh, that's not his voiceover? Yeah, that, that's... Uh, what's Corleone's. Or I'm just naming random... Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese. It's pastas. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, yeah. But yeah, he shows... Yeah, I mean, this video is, is one-third that movie clip. Yeah. And anyway. then he comes in, and then he actually starts like making the dish. Um, and I mean, it's legit. He actually does do it with the razor blade, which... Is really cool. You can see it slicing it very thin, which the whole point of doing that method, of course, is that it immediately liquefies in the pan with the olive oil, which is a pretty interesting theory, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, it gets um, that flavor in there. He also made one of my favorite dishes, which it's not really my favorite. It's more of a favorite from where it comes from, which is uh, Homer's Moon Waffles. Okay, Corey is a nostalgia junkie, so if you like throw in some nostalgia, it immediately makes him like yeah. want it. Um, but he makes uh, Homer's Moon Waffles, which are really disgusting it's basically like just a bunch of caramel candies thrown onto a waffle griddle and then he puts uh, waffle batter on top of it and liquid smoke there it is right at the top i'm gonna <laughs> watch the homer's, real clip homer's first. version is pretty fucking hilarious and he i love it because this is like homer just doing it on the fly 
but the best part is how he actually finishes it because he makes this disgusting ass waffle and then right in the middle of it he just puts a big old hunk of butter puts it on a stick and then just eats it <laughs> wow <laughs> and this guy actually does the same thing he makes a uh, the actual version of it and then he makes more of like a more refined version of the dish um, and, what and is he, that? Is that caramel candy? That's just caramel candies that he's just throwing on. What's the, that stuff? That's uh, waffle batter. Okay, batter. Yeah, and then he just he just puts that all down, which you know that in and of itself probably tastes good. I mean, it's just pure sugar and batter and sweetness. Uh, but it's when he puts that goddamn giant stick of butter <laughs> in the middle, you're like, that just doesn't work. And like he's doing it right there, but yeah, he's like, that's he's... disgusting. <laughs> Not and enjoying he, this. And this is when he makes a more refined version where he makes his very own like butterscotch sauce. And he makes, like, real waffle batter and actually, like, makes a better version of it, which is really interesting, which he does that sometimes. He'll make, like, just, I have to make the ridiculous version. And First, then a, and, yeah, then, yeah. and then he makes the real version. Always um, sunny in Philadelphia. But, I mean, this guy's got great views, too. And uh, this is a pretty recent video right here, too. Like, this was just done in the last May month. 2nd, yeah, um, this year. Yeah, look at him trying to get that shit out of there. <laughs> it's got to be a fucking nightmare. Yeah, sometimes he, you know, at the end of the video, he usually shows bloopers or some issues he has while cooking. But, yeah, this is another one of those shows that I really Everyone's love. using Patreon now. I hate to talk about money on YouTube channels, but, mm -hmm. like, I swear to God, like, everyone is talking about support us with Patreon. Do people do that? A lot of people like using Patreon because that way they can not monetize their video and they can get rid of the whole concept of showing an ad before the video. And then you can just they oh, can get their funding from Facebook. You know what's way. a good idea with that? What? You could put clips in, but not monetize, and then not have a problem. Exactly. But the, the, the thing is, there's also people who still manage to monetize even with clips. Yeah. Which still confounds me to this day. I, I don't I know. I mean, look how much this guy's making a month. Yeah. With Patreon followers he's almost making good. seven grand a month mm -hmm. we need to put a patreon up we need to do a patreon you guys need to fucking pay our bills we need help this is ridiculous watching we, anime and talking about his, his hard work it's really hard we need new equipment <laughs> you guys need to pay for it because we sure as fuck don't want to do it yeah but, but fucking funimation do. ain't paying for it that's for sure that, that's true we are even sponsored we by them, nobody even though we give them so much free endorsements ah homer's donut hell for some reason this is a uh, one of my Simpsons classics. Oh, so you like donuts, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and um, then he just, he um, never stops. Um, um. <laughs> and he demands more even as it still goes on. Oh, classic Simpsons. Uh, I love those episodes. But but yeah, I mean, uh, it's funny. Uh, a lot of our interests for all these brand new YouTube channels and the really successful ones, they all tend to gravitate a little more towards food. Which I think is pretty cool. Food culture is on the rise in the United States for yeah. me, anyway. You know, like um, it's it, been steady, but I mean, it just it keeps going. Oh, he makes chefs salty balls. No way. Yeah, I just I, I just saw that thumbnail down there. <laughs> the foods of the foods of South Park. So, and then oh. right next to that is the Rick and Morty Szechuan sauce. Um, always sunny in Philadelphia. The Thanksgiving sandwich from Friends. Like everything is there. Like he he just he goes crazy with it. And those are very those are things people will search anyway. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, he he knocked it out of the park with this. I think yeah, this is a good, it's a great uh, concept. Great I really concept. Think it's cool. Why didn't we think of this? Fuck. I don't know. Why didn't we think we of Uber? We could totally make a show like that too. Why didn't we think of Uber or uh, Snapchat? Or I don't know. Millions? It's bullshit. We need to fucking go back in time and patent pen that shit. <laughs> I know. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's not fair. Uh, anyway, it's completely fair. Actually, that's not. I want it though. Wah. <laughs> Wah. <laughs> So yeah, there's uh there's so many cool YouTube channels. Of course, I have because I'm a, like a, a video producer. I have some of my favorite like video channels, like mm -hmm. um, um, 
DSLR video shooter. He's like a great guy. He's he's just very thorough in his reviews and very realistic. And also, here's the thing about people that teach you video stuff. They're either super amateur, you know, or they're so high end and they're shooting these giant things and they have like giant lights and stuff that you just will never have access to. And I'm not saying you can't get there. I'm just saying the average video shooter does not walk around with a five ton grip truck following them around, Mm -hmm. you know, like you just don't have that gear, you know? So, but I mean, the bar has been raised in terms of like the YouTube uh, content, you know, it started out just people with a webcam and now it's just, it's full blown production. It is full blown production. And guess what? It's not that hard to do full blown production. If you just have a little bit of planning, no invest a little bit of money and go for it. I mean, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I mean, even with our YouTube videos, like we take a really lazy route with it. We have access to, lights and all types of shit but it just it takes so much time and also it's hard but if you put the time in it'll really pay off it's hard to set that shit up every time because you like i want to get a video out right now mm-hmm. you know and then you're like okay let me set up three yeah. fucking lights and i mean if it, if it were up to me i would fucking script out every video that i did i honestly think a lot of my scripted content is the best stuff that i've ever done like you know, some of our dbz reviews for dbz DB- reviews one uh the review that i did uh last uh october for the very first pokemon movie yeah that's that to me that's the best script i ever wrote really it, it, it's probably not even the most successful video we've done but like I go back and I and I listen to it and I read the comments on it and like I'm like wow I'm really proud of what I wrote here it's actually analytical it actually works it's funny and, and when I do that I'm just I'm way more proud of it but I mean a lot of the stuff that I look at and a lot of the stuff that I review it's like it's all like a matter of time kind of thing like you know an episode comes out I better make sure and get that review out in the next two other two hours or otherwise it's just gonna get lost in this sea. Of just reviews and previews and video clips, and no one will ever see it. No one will and ever is, see it. And it is tough. Like, there are times, like, you know, if I can get a video out, like, an hour after I watch it, it's great. But also, at the same time, I second-guess myself. I'm like, was that good enough? Did I analyze that enough? Am I happy with Am that Am I review? just saying, it's good, or it's yeah, bad, exactly. and then getting out of like, there? I really, like, I, I try to break things down as much as I can. That's like... But we're in a different me. game. We're in a game where got to get your content out now. Yeah. That's not like this guy making the food, because no one knows what food he's making mm-hmm. next. He's not reviewing the food. He just gets to pick the dish and then yeah. make it himself. And I find when things are, like, really sporadic, they tend to do good, too. And uh, usually it has to be something that's kind of, like, fresh. You know, I mean... I review a lot of anime, but then I took a chance this year by reviewing Samurai Jack, and my Samurai Jack videos do better than some of my anime reviews. Just because it's topical, though. Exactly. It's just, it's so fresh, and it's, and it's good. Another thing is, too, like, a lot of the anime they review is based on manga series, and unfortunately, that has the stigma of being, like, based on a story that people already kind of know about. Like, they know what's coming, they know what's going to be happening in the episode. Yeah, so the hype um, is a lot less. Yeah, but but still, there there are times where it, like, really pays off. Like, the last couple episodes of Attack on Titan, just blowing my absolute fucking mind. The last two episodes have been insane, and it, it still kills me that you've, like, known about all of these developments for, like, the last four years. And I'm just now sort of, like, getting into them. Like, the most recent episode with Aaron battling against Reiner, who is the Armored Titan, was just spec-freaking-tacular. So hard-hitting and explosive, and featured some of the most, just, like, badass animation that I've seen from the series. It was kind of like the monster equivalent of, like, a UFC fight. Like, that's kind of how it felt like at first, with just... These ridiculous huge punches, <laughs> followed by all of these grapples and these holds, 
and it was done with so much gusto. And honestly, I think it was probably the best animated episode of the entire series. And the whole time while watching it, my jaw's just dropping, and I'm also thinking in the back of my head, people have known about this for four years, or at least people who decide to read the manga version. And uh, th that's just one of the main reasons why I just... I love fucking just watching the anime versions of shows you know i love the one piece anime series but i think i also loved it just a little bit more when i didn't read the manga because i had no idea what was going to ha be happening with all of this crazy shit that's going on and we're at a part in the story right now where i'm i have privy to knowledge about certain characters and their motivations and the way they really are and watching it play on the anime when i know that they're going to go through a transformation into a completely different character just fucking irks me man it really gets under my skin a little bit because I also have to make sure and let the audience, you know, I don't want to spoil them with too much. And and if I do have to do that, I have to put out a spoiler warning, which basically says, well, don't watch the rest of the video. And I don't want them to do that. I want them to watch it all. So a lot of the times I do have to play dumb. But, uh, at the same time, don't you feel like the majority of the audience knows everything? A good majority so of them are you do. are you catering to a lower, smaller minority by doing Maybe that? Maybe I am. I don't know. It's just I, I just I always like to be I like to acknowledge those who just like to watch the anime version of stuff. Like there were people in the uh, the Attack on Titan episodes that like they knew that uh, you know Reiner and Bert Holt were the armored and colossal Titan, and then there were there were people who were also just really shocked by that fact. And they had no idea that that was going to happen. But I was certainly in the minority on that one, especially with a few other people. Almost everyone. Like, the first comment I got on that video was like, ha, I've known about this for three and a half years. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, but this blew my freaking mind, man. And uh, it's, it's, it's great. It's, it, you know, it's one of those series that, you know, when it first started, it was really popular. And then, like, a lot of things that get really popular, over time people say that it starts to get kind of overrated. And there's not that much to the series. And I'm not saying that Attack on Titan is like Shakespeare or anything, but it's one of the best damn anime Well, the it's got right a now. lot on the line. I mean, people are dying, you know. People are getting to watch their friends die, you know. Mm -hmm. It has this, this, you're fighting for humanity. There's more going on than just... It is fight or flight the anime. Yeah. That is what it is. It is just about the, the extremes of pure survival and knowing that if you make one wrong move, it's over. It, and I also think that the, the, the wins are small in attack on Titan. Like the moments of happiness yeah. are, are, and that's brief. why when they do win, it fucking feels great. Yeah. Cause it, it, it's exactly like, to me, it's very walking dead. Like, because you know, the, the happy moments in walking dead are few and far between. So when they happen, they're impactful, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. You know? And I mean, Attack on Titan is not too dissimilar from like, you know, a zombie movie or even uh, Walking Dead in general. I mean, it's just, you know, the Titans themselves basically are big zombies. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, they technically are. Even though they kind of, they randomly attack each other too. It's really fucking strange. That is uh, weird. I mean, it, it, but it's crazy though. But I mean, do you still read the manga version? No, I, I've stopped reading you just probably sort of gave up on it? four months ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I recommend the anime version if you decide you want to jump back on board. I'm sure it's great. There's I just uh, stuff. I just haven't had the time. I don't read much. Um, all I read is the Berserk manga right now. Berserk manga and Have the you, One Piece uh, manga. Same thing for you gave up on One Punch Man. Uh, I only I, One Punch Man. I wait like half a year and then go back and binge it. Oh, okay. Because it's slow to come out. It I definitely mean, is slow. I mean, slow. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the only parts of the manga I've seen is the stuff that you've actually showed me, which I don't think it's too spoilerific. 
What, One Punch Man? Yeah. Well, what do you think happens? One Punch Man find, finds a new really strong guy and he fights him and then most likely wins. <laughs> yeah, that's basically... I mean, I'm That sure storyline is not that crazy. The storylines are the side characters have the real developments, mm-hmm. you know? Or the super powerful characters have to come to the conclusion that they're not as powerful as Saitama, mm-hmm. you know? Like, because there's a lot of infighting in some of the later stuff. Yeah. And uh, that doesn't seem that crazy. I mean, it seems pretty standard to me. Yeah. What, uh... <laughs> But yeah, like I, I really enjoy reading the mangas of certain things. But also, you know, I, I'm like you. I mean, the the animation is better. The animated version is better because it's, you know, it's more flushed out story. It's a more um, developed thing. It has music that the creators picked. It has the visuals, the voice actors that you know that represent those people. It's just, uh, it's easier. Yeah. I mean, it's, the scene where uh, both Reiner and Bert Holt transform into their Titan forms, like as soon as I got done watching that episode... I uh, went and looked at what the manga version was like, and man, it just pales in comparison. Just there was so much more grandiose in the anime version, and a lot of that simply just had to do with the music itself. It just lifted everything up to this like brand new height that I didn't think could be possible with the series. And uh, they do reuse a lot of the same music tracks in the series, but I'll be damned if they're not epic as shit and just get you so pumped up uh, to the point where like, <laughs> and I joke with this about my friend Ben all the time. Like whenever we go see movies and stuff, it's like. I'm really looking forward to this new movie and everything, but there are no way it'll be as epic as what I just saw on Attack on Titan. And in many ways, that's true. Like, I just got done seeing uh, Guardians 2, which I don't want to spoil you too much with. I want to see it! Um, but Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was really good. But, like, I enjoyed staying home and watching anime just a tad bit more than watching that movie. Loser. I, I'm sorry. I just I got more out of that experience. That's not to say that Guardians was bad. In fact, I actually liked the second one a little bit more. Uh, than the uh, the first movie, and make sure when you see it too to uh, stay after the the credits for the oh, whole time. Yeah, of course, there's like five freaking post credit scenes, some of which won't even make any sense, but and most of them are just funny. Yeah, I figure they're more just wrapping up the story, and then there's like one or two that are like important to the Marvel yeah. universe. I will also say that I think uh, the second Guardians movie was way more of a comedy than any other Marvel movies ever been. I mean, inherently the Guardians are a little more goofy just in the way they carry themselves and just the way the dialogue is written. Mm-hmm. But the second movie is a straight-up comedy. Oh, like, did you see, have you heard this uh, speedrun news? Sorry to change topics. This guy beat uh, uh, Super Mario 64 in an hour and 39 minutes and got all 120 stars. He did a 120-star run in an hour and 40 minutes. Holy shit. Isn't that crazy? That's impressive as a mother. He probably used a lot of interesting glitches. I don't know if he uses to get through the game. I, I haven't watched it. I, I mean, I've seen I've seen a lot of speed runs of the game where people can like get to the final Bowser practically immediately. Mm-hmm. A lot of you, you know, uh, if you remember in the old game, like the the final part of the game, the final room you go into, and you go up the uh, the staircase where Bowser is, and if you don't have enough stars, the staircase never ends. Yeah, like you just keep going up. Dun, 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 dun. But people have, like come up with this exploit where they can basically glitch themselves up the stairs by running backwards and they can like bypass all of that and basically go to Bowser like within like five minutes. This guy is fast though. But to do 120 stars in that amount of time, like that's Look at how he moves. He just floats through these levels, you know? (laughs) Mario 64, man, what a watershed game. This, we wouldn't have the 3d games we have now if it wasn't for this uh, game right here. There is not a single wasted movement in this guy's like, uh, Oh, you know, this guy has practiced his ass off on this game and it's that's a lot of content to get through 
Yeah. Maybe not by today's standards, but I mean, like... What? That game is huge. Mario 64, like, when it came out, like, it took me, I think, a good year and a half just to, like, get to Bowser and not even get all 120 stars. I mean, I guess I could chalk it up to the fact that I was younger and I was an okay gamer at the time, but, like, when this came out, like, there'd never been a 3D game like this before. We, no one had ever used, like, a... Uh, what, what is it? A, uh, the control stick? Yeah. Or the on the actual control. Like, nobody had ever controlled a character in a 3D space. Like, look at that. Look at that. That's annoyingly perfect. How he, good not he's doing a at single this. Like, he's jumping movement. off the half of the stage. Boom, using... got that 100 coin. <sighs> that is insane, man. And it took me, like, as a kid, like, I remember I got the game in 97. I didn't get 120 stars until, like, I think the very end of 1999. Well, that's because you suck. And I... <laughs> I mean, I played the fuck out of this game. Look at this guy just plowing through these levels. Yeah. Even the hard levels like this level. Oh, TikTok clock was so hard back in the day, man. This guy. A, a lot of it had to do, though, with like the limitations of the N64. Like it, it was a good game, but it was also archaic in the sense like you couldn't control the camera that well. Mario's movements weren't like Look at that. fully 3D. Did you see that? Yeah. That was scary how Look perfect that little jump was. Look at this jump. It's just like, oh, you got to get there. Oh, this is not hard. Don't worry. He boom, bypasses boom. that, and then, oh my god, he just wall jumps and he slides up there. Yeah, he slides. He slides everywhere. And then he just jumps. <laughs> like he just knows where to be. Like, like whenever this- I played TikTok Clock, I had to take my time. Like I would like barely even run half the time in this stage. Yeah, this guy got. Because I was so afraid of like falling off. Hundred coin that that stage in like three seconds. That's insane, man. And yeah. he's playing the Japanese version. I don't know if there's any differences. Um, with that version, there, there might be something different, um, which allows him to move maybe a little faster, or get through Did things you see quicker. That? that stage too, man. That stage was a real bitch back in the day. This guy's just dominating it. Yeah, I can't Do- wait to see uh, how all this is going to translate to the new Mario game coming out on Switch this year, Odyssey, which they're they're teasing for E3, which is coming up in approximately one month. Whoa! Yeah, which anybody who knows us personally, I'm we know we love E3. We love all the previews for all the new games. Switch in particular, this is like, this is their chance to really prove this is why you should own this system. I mean, they already have me sold. I'm already getting like another six games on the system this year. I'm pumped. But like, they need to let everybody else know like, hey, we got a strong lineup coming in 2017. It's not just going to be the same old, same old shit that we have. And we're not just going to rely entirely on Zelda this year. Um, I mean, Mario Odyssey is going to be the one. It is? Yeah. Is it going to it's going to save us from the matrix? It is, damn it. Damn it. <laughs> take it back to the matrix. And I mean, there's also tons of other games that are coming out as well on like PS4 and shit. Like they just released Injustice 2, which have you seen? I don't know if you've been Yeah, following. I've watched all the clips. I know all the final smashes and everything. Oh, you've actually already seen all that oh, shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Does I'm that game a- not have some of the best damn facial animations you've ever seen? Um, I never thought about it. You got to like look at some of the cutscenes. They are unbelievable nether realm studios has made one of the best looking games i've ever seen and i never expected it to be like is a the fighting, fighting good game. though uh the fighting is good i mean amongst like the the hardcore fighting game community uh street fighter uh has always been considered like the best it's like the cream of the crop like that's what the the real pros play they play street fighter and uh you know mortal Kombat and injustice has always been sort of seen as like the redheaded stepchild of the community mm-hmm it certainly has a big following, and I still think it takes a lot of skill because there are some people who can rack up some ridiculous combos and uh, combinations with their characters. But it is still one of those like it is shunned a little bit by the Street Fighter community, which. But the know. Street Fighter community has their head so far up their own ass. They're like they the, do. They're they like 
how I remember reading an article about a game developer and he was saying, we do not cater to the hardcore crowd because they are a small minor minority and they, they are so vocal. And if you try to please them, it's hard and it'll yeah. maybe fuck up your game, you know? So I feel like at a certain point you can't go that route. I mean, I, you know, I have a PS4. I haven't gotten street fighter five yet, but I am tempted because I always like to try the newest version of the series. Did you know that there is a version of street fighter coming out next week on the switch? No. Uh, you should look it up. It's pretty freaking awesome. It's called Ultra Street Fighter 2. You heard me right. Street Fighter 2. Just type in uh, Switch Street Fighter. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, hopefully they'll have something. Yeah. Just, it? Yeah, just check that out right there. No Game Explain. The fucking yeah. dudes spend five hours walking through a two-minute trailer. <laughs> I love Game Explain, man. It looks good. Mm -hmm. This is actually a game I might get. Yeah. Maybe wanting me to make me play my Switch again because I am just like over... Zelda. It's a great game, and just yeah. it's the only thing I play on it. But it it's like, good. it's basically an enhanced version of Street Fighter 2. You can obviously tell that they've... Uh, is this a 50 or $60 game? It's a $40 game. I still... It should be a $30 it game. It should be a $30 game. Um, but, I mean, they've updated just about everything from, like, you have new backgrounds, new graphics, new sounds. Um, can I there play are, against you? Uh, yeah. You, you, can, uh, you can literally take one Switch... And each person can take a Joy-Con and use that to play on one system. If you both have the game, uh, you can uh, play it together, and you can also play online. Um, there's going to be local play as well. And what I really love about this game, it's like the definitive version, is you can play uh, with the new graphics, or you can make them look like the old ones. There's this stupid mode right here, which they added, which is like a little mini-game mode, where you can actually shoot like the Hadoukens. Um but like yeah, see like there's uh they're using like classic graphics right there. But then you can use the new ones. You can mix and match, mix and match the sounds. Um, and most importantly, there are two new characters that they've introduced in this game, which again is why this is going to be the definitive version of the game. But it does kind of suck that the two new characters are basically just different versions of Ken and Ryu. Oh, violent. Yeah, there's a uh, evil Ryu and <laughs> violent Ken. That's actually the name of the character. But I thought those characters already existed. They kind of do. They're um, like within the lore. Never, yeah, but they've never existed. And this is the first time they've added new characters to like Street Fighter 2 since like the 90s. Which is why it's being considered like the definitive version. Uh, my personal advice is don't pick up the game quite yet. Wait a little bit. Okay. You know, just give it some time. Um, but it's, it is, if you're into that series or it's something that you're mildly interested and want to get into, that's a great version to start with because it's the most simple of the street fighters, yet it's still one of the most satisfying. You get a easily the most iconic cast, you get two new characters, and, uh, I definitely plan on picking that one up. I just picked up Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on Switch, which is freaking great. They added a, a good amount of new content to that with new racers and new modes. Um, the online is pretty freaking smooth. It's great. Not that, to mention a million other freaking games coming out this year. PS4 alone, there, there's so many other ones that I am looking forward to. I can't wait for the new Battlefront. That's going to be sexy as shit. Are you excited about the new Alien movie? Alien Covenant? Yes. Ooh, man. You know, you know, I as a fan of the franchise, I am, and I want to see where they're going to take it. And I try not to be influenced too much by other people's reviews and reactions to it, but a lot of the early reviews I've been hearing are not too favorable of it. I'm just sad because Prometheus was supposed to be good and it kind of failed. And then, uh, I mean, it made, it made money 
and uh, enough for them to warrant a sequel and enough for Ridley Scott to say, hey, I'm going to make another one of these things really quick. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty clear that he listened to the fan base a little bit because this one is so much more like Xenomorph centric. Okay. You know, like way more. I'm going to put in the classic styled aliens in this one and forget about the whole uh, the engineer thing. Um, but I, I do kind of want to see it still. I've, I've heard it's gnarly as fuck. I've heard, like, the effects are really good. I've heard there's a lot of good practical effects. Okay. Uh, especially when it comes to, like, the gore and the violence and stuff. And as, as kind of like a horror movie fan, I, I kind of am interested to see that. It's hard to believe, though, because in all the trailers, like, all I see is just a bunch of fucking CG aliens and stuff. Um, especially that one where that's, like, attacking Danny McBride. And that's another thing. I can't get over <laughs> Danny McBride being in it. His plums. <laughs> it's just these... Danny McBride's one of those guys like I look at and I just can't help but laugh. And, and a lot of it mostly just has to do with his ridiculous hairstyle and the fact that he's always smiling. And I've been told that in this movie he plays it straight for the most part, which is, you know, I, I guess a pretty big accomplishment on his part. I guess he's trying to be taken a little more seriously as an actor, but uh, Ridley Scott will do that, you know. If there's one thing I do like about Ridley Scott is that he takes horror movies and he tries to elevate them to something that's more than just like a, you know standard horror slasher movie that's just like you know your your matinee film he tries to make it a little more intriguing uh and he does so with a lot of gusto and a lot of freaking uh, good production value so like, i gotta respect that i mean he tries hard he's not half-assing these yeah. this movie series he, not to say that ridley scott is perfect i mean he has made some stinkers before but i mean i think he's a pretty damn good director yeah he's pretty good i i actually really enjoy his stuff i mean alien alien covenant can't be any worse than the emoji movie you know, oh, simple as that. Which has TJ Miller in it, which makes me lose a lot of respect for him. He's just cashing in, man. I mean, I he's really cashing in on what could arguably be one of the worst animated films of all time. Wow. Yeah. Don't even look at the trailer. It came out yesterday, and I looked oh, at it for five seconds. I gotta look now. I looked at it for ten seconds. I was like, this is fucking stupid. It's every fucking cliche from every kid's movie ever. And, and the fact that it's got T.J. Miller in it, again, is just, ugh, it infuriates me. Ugh, it makes me not like him. It's even got Patrick fucking Stewart in it. Oh, is is T.J. Miller the main emoji? I'm pretty sure he is, yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's like if Inside Out and Wreck-It Ralph had, like, a just a really stupid baby. <laughs> That's the only thing I can equate to it. And it's just like, did this really need to be a movie? I mean, look at that uh, that down ratio. Oh. <laughs> Compared to the damn, upper. Damn, yeah. look at it. Like, 20,000 down, 3,000 up. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a movie that infuriates a lot of people just for existing or even being a concept. And I agree. I just, I just don't think it needs to be a thing. Especially because this is one of those animated movies that, like, a hundred years from now, they're going to look at it and they're just going to laugh and be like, wow, this is dated as fuck. Not maybe for the animation, but more for just the concept. Like, this is a piece of, like, pop culture that I don't think we're going to be using emojis forever. And when the fuck did emojis become so big in the first place? I don't know. I don't use them very often because yeah. I, I usually text people in a professional manner because I talk, text a lot through work. Yeah. And so I don't use them. Have you I, seen this? The Orville. Yeah, I I have not, but I've heard about it. It's this is like Seth MacFarlane's new. This uh, is the Galaxy Quest, show. the yeah. TV show. You know, you know what really surprises me though about it? What? Like the production value of this? Like it's a TV show, but it looks like a movie. I thought it was a movie. 
when I first saw it. I mean, that's pretty impressive looking. Oh, John Favreau's on board. Okay. Yeah. Looks I mean, cool. I don't recognize any I of these can't, people. I can't blame Seth MacFarlane for trying. I mean, you know, it's got to be fun, you know, for him. He he loves just taking genres and spoofing them, though. Yeah. I mean, we saw that with A Million Ways to Die in the West. Now he's tackling sci-fi, and he's he's clearly a Star Trek fan. If you've ever watched a lot of Family Guy, you know he makes references to it. I mean, he he hired uh, Patrick Stewart to be on American Dad. He utilizes him on Family Guy all the time. I mean, he's definitely a Star Trek fan. Yes, absolutely. It looks good, too. But I'm interested to see if this is something that can be really unique and like unique, and it's not just going to be like a ripoff of Galaxy Quest. I think the only difference between this and Galaxy Quest is I think this actually is like a... Like, they're not like people on a show. It actually is a sci-fi setting. Yeah, no, they're truly, you know, on the ship. It's just a, it's just a you know, a show where mm-hmm. it happens to be sort of spoofing. It looks good, though. Yeah, like I said, I think the production value is really solid. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm going to have to, like, sit down and really watch the trailer and see, like, what's funny about it. Because when you don't, like, hear the audio, it nearly looks like a, like, a legit, like, sci-fi thing. Oh, there's the... There's a female Decepticon that got revealed for uh, the new uh, Transformers movie. Is the that last int- night. Does that interest you at all? Not really. <laughs> I know. They can send that one to Carbomia. Oh, uh, Carbomia. <laughs> I mean, Damn. Did you see the uh, the new War for the Planet of the Apes? Yeah, I saw that. It, it, I'm over that series. You're you're done with the uh, the monkeys. Over it. Don't care. Mm. Andy Circus, do something else. CG. <laughs> he is the. the the premier mocap actor, though. What is this that you made yesterday? Oh, yeah. Um, let me go ahead and just lay this on you. There's this new Sonic the Hedgehog game, which is coming out this year, which is called Sonic Forces. It's the next big 3D Sonic game. And for the last, like, two months, Sega has been teasing the fan base because they're like, there's going to be a brand new character in this Sonic game, and you're never going to be able to guess who it is. And the main reason for that is because in this game, you're going to be able to create your very own customized hero character you're going to be able to create your very own avatar and uh, they're going to be able to play alongside uh sonic and classic sonic and i think it's a great idea i think it's really cool and i think it's very fun and i think it's like the shot in the arm that the sonic the hedgehog series needs but like people's reaction to this has just been one of the most toxic things that i've ever seen people love to hate shit now well it's 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 not because of creating your character. I don't think they have a problem with that. The problem they have with the whole custom character in a Sonic game is the stigma that's around it. Because for the last, like, decade, custom Sonic characters, especially the ones that appear on, like, Deviant Art, have just been some of the most cringeworthy, awkward shit that people have ever seen. This is like borderline Furryland it shit? Is, it's, it's going past Furryland. Ugh. And getting into just like straight bad territory, like it, it's 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 almost impossible to describe. But like, deviant art is just overflowing with some of the most annoying, creepy, and weird Sonic the Hedgehog artwork that you could possibly see. And it's it's become so bad that it's actually turned into like a meme. Uh, and I mean, there's been tons of videos which have made fun of it. There was a Dorkly video they made about it years ago. If you look up Blonic. <laughs> On YouTube, you'll be able to see, like, what it's all about. and I don't think I want to. Basically, people saw this trailer. Yeah, you you probably don't. And uh, people saw this trailer, and they're like, oh, my God, it's DeviantArt the video game. And it's so cringeworthy, and it's awful. 
And just like the reaction to it was just so negative. And when I saw the trailer, I'm like, ah, this is actually pretty cool. Not only can you create your own character, you can choose what species they're going to be, what color they're going to be, their height, their weight, and uh, even the gear that they use. Hell, even one of them is a fucking uh, scouter from Dragon Ball Z. Oh, wow. Yeah, which I think was like, I was like, oh, that's awesome. I'm totally going to use a scouter. I'm going to make like a bear who wears a scouter. And you have like a choice of like different animals. Like you can have a, a cat or a dog or a wolf, a bear, a bird, a hedgehog, all that stuff. They give you a lot of really interesting options for creating your character. And uh, thanks to the good folks at Game Explain, I actually saw that trailer yesterday. And uh, just every comment was just like so fucking bad. And it's. It's one of those situations where I'm like, you need to wait for this to come out before you start saying this shit. And it also made me realize that the Sonic the Hedgehog fan base is the worst fan base I've ever seen. <laughs> they are just, they are fucking terrible. They, they don't know what they want. They're always angry about everything. And, and I can understand it, too. I, I've played a lot of Sonic games, but, like, fuck, man. And I just, I had to make a video about it. I was just ranting maybe a little too much about it, but I just, I had to address it. And uh, it also makes me want to do more video game discussions, which is also why I'm very excited for E3 coming up, because I'm totally going to talk about all of the new shit they're going to reveal for Switch and maybe a few other things that I am very excited for. Uh, maybe even some of the upcoming games on Switch. I know some of them you're not looking forward to, but I cannot wait for Splatoon 2. Very fucking pumped for that game. Not to mention, uh, at 6 o'clock today, there is going to be a Nintendo Direct for their brand new game, ARMS. So we're going to be seeing a lot more of that. And looking at the video you're looking at now makes me wish they would have put Injustice 2 on Switch. I don't know if... I don't know. Do you think the Switch could handle these graphics? No. You don't think so? I mean, they're they're really good. Like, you know, not when compared to, say, uh, you know... Compared to Street Fighter, these games tend to go for a more realistic look. They look fine. Yeah. Fucking Dark Side. Dark Finally Side. Finally playable in a game. You have to have either pre-order the game to get him or you have to buy him as DLC, so... If I ever buy, I don't like the look of the Joker in this game. Though. There's two Jokers though. There's a traditional. There's and a, well, there's there's this one right here, which I hate the comb over thing, and I hate the fact that I don't know where this trend came from. Maybe it's the Suicide Squad. This like of tattoos and writing ha 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 all over the place. Like we we get it. His name is the fucking Joker. You don't have to tell us that shit. Um, fucking Supergirl. She's a cool character that I don't think gets enough play. I just don't know enough about her character. I think that's Black Canary right there. Um, Why she got to be a Black Canary? I don't know. <laughs> I don't make the rules. Fucking Wonder Woman. That yeah. movie comes out next month, and I don't know if I want to see it yet. I don't think I want to. I, I don't know. I mean, I've just never been a big fan of the character, but maybe it'll be a great way to sort of be introduced to it. I do love that. Uh, I think you I think you just missed him, but Scarecrow is in the game. I think it's about to happen. And he looks fucking awesome in this game i love the design of scarecrow here yeah he does look really freaky but what's really cool is the reason he looks like that like when when you see like his actual character introduction yeah he comes out as like a normal looking like just a guy with a burlap sack on and then he like opens this canister which spews out all of the fear gas and then he walks out from the fear gas and he looks like that okay i just think that's really really clever and just like I said, the design of him in this game, I just think is so freaking wicked. I also love the scythe and everything. Like Netherrealm has done a really great job. There's Bane. Again, I, at first I didn't like the Bane design in this game. I, I like him a lot more than some of his other versions. Like that just looks so cool. I love the black and the green. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, I mean Netherrealm knows how to make these guys look cool. 
a lot of people, of course, have said they look a little too Mortal Kombat-y, but, I mean, these are the guys who make Mortal Kombat. Speaking of which, uh, one of the DLC characters who isn't going to be in this game is going to be Sub-Zero. Hell yeah, no Scorpion. Scorpion was in The Last Injustice. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, this so is the... this is sort of like them, like, all right, well, we're going to put Sub-Zero in this time. I think Raiden's also going to be in the game. Okay. Raiden or Raiden. I th- they say Raiden in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> it looks cool. A lot of cool shit on the internet. I think that's the theme of this podcast. A lot Basically, of cool shit. Lots of on... cool shit on the internet. The... That might even be the damn title. Yeah, there we go. Okay, well, guys, thank you guys so much for uh, watching today's podcast. I know it was basically just us rambling. But if you guys do have any other topics or things that you want to ask us personally, please tell us in the comment section on YouTube. And uh, remember, you can also download this show for free with all the links that you see below, but you can specifically find them at rogueintel.com and, more importantly, at Blog Talk Radio. And speaking of Rogue Intel, these guys are freaking awesome. They're the ones who actually distribute our show for us, so make sure to thank them by checking out all of their amazing programs and shows. Make sure to download those for free. And, of course, another great way to support us is by using the Amazon link. So make sure to use rogueintel.com slash Amazon for all of your shopping needs. Any of these new video games coming out, make sure to pre-order them on Amazon. Not only will you be getting the best prices possible, but you will be fueling our network. We really do appreciate it. Christian, you have anything else for us? I just want to say thank you guys for listening. We truly appreciate it. And until next time, the Powerful Nerdcast is out.